You're listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. You can find more information about Battle Ready and Addison Free Will Baptist Church on our website, addisonfwbchurch.org forward slash Battle Ready Bible Study. Battle Ready Podcast, believing what it says. Well, welcome back to Battle Ready. Thank you for joining us (laughs) on this Sunday. Thank you for putting up with us yesterday. We're trying out some new stuff between all of our folks that are working on this. We've got kind of a little bit of a mess, but we're all good now, hopefully. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being battle ready with us and watching with us. Um, this is something that Laura and I do at the church, but it's something that we kind of started on our own, and we want to just be a blessing to the church by doing that. So we are in Second Chronicles chapter 21. And before we start, I know Laura has some things she wants to read. Um, I hope we can remember all the good stuff we said yesterday, because we Probably said some we really profound things so yesterday, but <laughs> that's been two sleeps since yeah. so go. I have right. a really hard time ever remembering anything I've said, so <laughs> I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 14, and the little title on top of mine thing says, to avoid the wicked, which boy, isn't that a... That's a mouthful to tell someone to do in the world that we live in, avoid the wicked, and the fact that we know that there's wickedness inside of us. So just to start off. Mine says fatherly advice. Fatherly advice, okay. Avoiding the wicked. There's this idea in Scripture that we know for sure that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. All of us need Christ. All of us are lost forever without Him. But there's also a commandment that runs through Scripture to wisdom, for his children to not be unequally yoked. And that's where our lesson is going to take us today. The, the unintentional consequences of yoking up with someone in just certain areas of our life and that is not a follower of Christ who is an enemy to him and how those consequences don't show up exactly in the places we think they ought to. And remember, usually so, when people think of unequally yoked, they think of marriage, right? right. They don't necessarily think of friendships or business partners or... Uh, work relationships or anything like that. They just think about marriage. But I don't think Scripture is teaching just about marriage. It is about marriage. But it's also talking about how we yoke ourselves up to the world. Who do we go in business with? Because right. remember, that was part of what um, Jer- uh, Jehoshaphat did last week or in the last lesson. King Jehoshaphat, for like the last three lessons, what we've learned about was one of the golden ages in the nation of Judah's history. He was a man whose heart was right after God. It says that over and over, perfect with God. And God honored him and blessed him, except for in one area. Mm-hmm. There was this one area where he, he tended to compromise just a little bit. I assume I know his motivation, and of course I do not. But of yeah. all the things he was able to do in the pattern of David and in the pattern of Solomon and in the good ways mm-hmm. that were set before him, the one thing that hadn't been rectified was the fact that the nation was divided. And they really because of sin, it was divided. Mm -hmm. And what you see is he tries to make a league with militarily with the northern kingdom, with King Ahab and Jezebel and and his son, Mm -hmm. who's going to, I think, Ahaziah. Is that the right? I believe so. And then he also tries to make a, and that fails miserably, but he takes correction from the prophet. He, He listens to what God has to say about that. And then he compromises again in the area of economy. Mm-hmm. And he goes into a business venture with King Ahab. Ships that he's sending and between Tarshish and there. That, the ships sink. God sinks, mm-hmm. the, sinks those ships. But he, I think that when what we get in today is that, that lining yourself up with the northern kingdom who 
when we talk about King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, people might not, some people will know what I'm talking about, have been in church their whole life, and some people won't. Some people won't. So she is a Phoenician princess, mm-hmm. and she brought with her the worship of Baal into the northern kingdom. Big She's time. The, she Big instigated time. the slaughter of God's prophets mm-hmm. and the persecution of God's prophets and introduced Baal worship to the nation and caused them into grievous and terrible idolatry and sin against God. I mean, mm-hmm. The consequences still continue. When you hear of the annotation that Jezebel, that evil, wicked mm-hmm. that she was, and that's how right. the Bible describes her. Beautiful, but wicked and evil. And I, I don't want, we'll go into all that in just a minute. I just want to start with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14, because this is Jehoshaphat, the king Jehoshaphat's hero. This is his ancestor. Mm-hmm. This, this is his great, 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 great. I don't know how mm-hmm. many greats, but, but he wrote, Enter not into the path of the wicked. And go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, right? Pass away. Get away. Mm -hmm. For they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness, and they know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, let not them depart from thine eyes. Again, we're saying that listen to me. Mm-hmm. Keep them in the midst of thine let not let, let them, them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the about midst of thine words. heart. Twenty. My son, attend the to my The warning is to words. avoid Wicked. Avoid Clean leaning in the close friendships, the close relationships with these people who are enemies to God, with and the wicked. And nine year to God. For they, the words are life unto those that find them and health and all their flesh. Well, then the reason I bring that but up that it also, is... Don't leave 23 out. That's okay. one of my favorites. It says, keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Because when, even starting this conversation, what jumps up into my heart is the fact that Jesus was a friend of publicans and sinners. And like, I, I think that there's this uh, idea that wrestles around in a Christian's head about how to be like Christ and obey a proverb like that and to obey the wisdom of scripture that says, do not be, that's in the New Testament, not just the old, do not be unequally yoked. Because we think, now, wait a minute, Jesus was a friend of sinners, mm-hmm. right? He, he spent his time with people that nobody else had anything to do with. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is exactly the pattern of us sharing the gospel with the world loving our enemies, loving everybody around us, sharing the gospel with whoever mm-hmm. will listen and having that mission. But it, it, we are not, we have not gone away from the fact that he says those close relationships in your life, mm-hmm. th- those things that you're going to tie yourself into and commit to need to be with believers. Mm-hmm. It needs to be with someone who's pulling in the same direction you are. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, in our day and age, it almost seems Wicked to say that mm-hmm. out loud because like you you're feel being like judgmental, you're, yes, like you're, you're being you're, grievous, you're you're bigoted, you're whatever. Mm-hmm. But still runs true. Mm-hmm. And, I, and when I think of New Testament, I didn't mention this yesterday. This just came to me. But when I when I think of the New Testament example of this, I think of like Ananias and Sapphira, mm-hmm. right? So they are, in all appearances, they're believers in the early church, but at the same time, they're not because. People are giving their money and their houses. They're all pooling everything together so that they can spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that can be everybody's priority. The early church had a different way of living and going about things. And they see that, is it Bartimaeus? Uh, No, I don't think it's Bartimaeus. 
Barnabas. Barnabas. They see that Barnabas gives a large gift. I wasn't prepared to talk about this. A large gift to the early church. He he sells land and gives a big gift, and he is thanked for it. And they want that. They went in on that. So they sell their property. They want in on the praise. On of the that. praise part of it. They, that's so what they want. They in sell on. their property, but and nobody asked them to. Nobody and they, required and it's their them money. To, they can do with it right? what they want to. But they they put in part of their money. But they tell everyone. They tell everybody in the congregation that it was all of the money. And in fact, they lied about it. They kept some back in case this doesn't work out. They've got some in reserve. Mm-hmm. And it's not which, the fact that they didn't give the which money. Which I guess the part that I always want to emphasize here. It's okay. That they didn't want to give it all. Sure. But they shouldn't have wanted lied about the it. praise and lied about it to get the praise that they did. Because their motivation and where their heart's coming from is not equal to Barnabas. No, the issues it's not of the same thing. are not the same thing. That what they're after and what he's after are completely different things. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, why does that matter? I mean, does it matter that they tell every bit of their business? Does it, it matter matters. that they told a little white lie? Well, you get, if you're living in a day and age that when you walk outside and you mention the name of Christ, you can be arrested and flogged and beaten, even crucified. All the disciples died for this message of the mm-hmm. gospel. You better be sure who your friends are. You better mm-hmm. be sure who's among you. Um, which is, which is it, another thing the Bible teaches us. We counted on us. one another at that point. Bible teaches us not to, uh, be careful who your friends for, are. Yeah. And not to, like in the, in the church leadership, it tells you not to lay hands on somebody suddenly. It tells you not to just entrust them when with all that, kinds of power. When you say that, you're talking about to be in a church like, ministry or to be in a, don't give somebody an office or authority or leadership role over the church until you know this person, until you know what they're like and what they do. Because it matters. Because it, it does It can be matter. life and death. And, and it definitely back, was then. And if you think back over some of the people that we've had who wanted to do great things, they're not even in church now. They don't. They have completely turned away from what the teachings of the church are. So it's it's important. I mean, even it's it's sense. It makes sense even in your work and your business and anything. You don't just hand somebody the keys to everything and say, "Oh well, I like you, so here you do this," because that's when you're going to lose everything you've got. Yeah. Right. Well, and you can, you could, you could maybe try to argue the case that at that time persecution was so high and it was so likely that you're going to be in trouble. That's a different situation. And we don't need to follow it as closely today. But I think that there's a principle that's just as serious or more serious today. I don't know if you saw this last week, but there was this uh, thing that went around on Facebook, this little post. And I, first I saw it one time and then I saw it a hundred places among friends that I have, and it said, there is nothing more important. There's nothing that matters more than your children getting to heaven. Right. And it mm-hmm. just like somebody posted it like a, like a picture. And then it was ev- like everything I looked at said, there's nothing more important than yeah, getting your children to heaven. It just went all over like kind of viral among the people that I, I have on my account. And I thought that's, that's why we don't compromise in personal relationships because I don't know what my children will see, what they'll be influenced by, what I'm bringing into their life that they're going to be hurt by, damaged by, pulled away by. That's why we follow that. Because the most important thing, not my money, not my checkbook, not my house, not my yard, not my vacation, is are my kids in a good relationship with God? Do they have a right understanding? And me, am I in a good relationship with so God? So if I, if I compromise... With, with what I know is wrong mm-hmm. in order to have an earthly benefit, right? For whatever reason, mm-hmm. I'm not just damaging me. I'm not just bringing consequences mm-hmm. to me, but on everybody that I have an influence on. 
especially my the people closest to me. Yes. Right? And which is also what we said yesterday, and I'm, forgive us for saying that, but once you say it, then you tend to think everybody already knows that. But don't forget, we said this this morning in Sunday school too, You, we segment our life out and we think it's okay if I do this over here because that doesn't affect my church work or that doesn't affect my home or that doesn't... But the consequences from that compromise don't stay over here in the in the section that you compromised in. It affects everything, and I think that I think this these two chapters. I think these two chapters are rough. I really do. I think they're hard. They're harsh. They're real. They're in here for a purpose for us to understand that sin has consequences and actions matter and all of these things that we kind of do. You know, I'm going to do this, but I, I'm not going to really do I'm just going to do th those things matter so much more than we give them credit for. And just to recap, so everybody, if you haven't listened before, King Jehoshaphat was a very good king. His heart he was. was right with God. He did some good he gave, things. But he, he has a son. He has several sons, but he has a son named Jehoram who becomes king next in line. And that son marries the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. And, and everything that proceeds from that, primary and close relationship from that boy awful. from the next two chapters and on it, it is just a horror show it's it a is. dark period in the history of judah and it, it's it's satan got his little toe in the door and there was almost now there wasn't because god wouldn't allow it but there was almost the end of the, of the line, line of, of david, david that mm -hmm. would bring us jesus christ and you don't think and about that came that. out of these little tiny Compromises. Well, don't you think too? Sometimes in our lives, and I'm sorry, I'm just. I mean, if you put moment. up the things Jehoshaphat did right, it's way up here, and if you put the the couple errors that he made, they're, they're way down here. Things. But out but of those small enough. compromises mm -hmm. with evil, great yeah. evil. And then you six. wonder, and then I wonder, and then I think about this, and I think, over the course of time, what things have we compromised compromised away. on thought we got away with it and it's come back to bite our children our grandchildren something else that we aren't even aware of yet mm -hmm. because jehoshaphat doesn't necessarily see all this stuff that jehoram does but right? he, but when he made those decisions to be aligned with ahab His he knew was, that was not God's God didn't direction. tell him, but he thought he, it was a good thing. He, I think he probably did because it said everything about him is good and honorable. But uh, he also knows that God said no. Mm -hmm. And that that's the way it that's should That's the be. thing. It's from Proverbs and, and many places. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to put yourself in a committed venture with someone who's an enemy of God. That's that's not where we lean and get our strength. Mm -hmm. So even if he does it with good intentions, it's still he knew wrong. better. It's still wrong. Right? God's still that. ultimate and it's still right? wrong. So, and we're guilty of those same things. And remember that the chronicle, the, whoever is writing, the chronicler who writes these books is trying to show this red line of salvation, this scarlet thread of the Messiah that's to come. And that's what he's doing here is he's letting us know that it almost, it all, Satan almost succeeded in cutting off all of the male children of David, but he doesn't. I know this is a extreme example, but if someone said to you, you know, I I've got this, I've set up this opportunity, like almost like a game show, you know, the stupid, <laughs> crazy game shows they have. And what we're going to do is we're going to let, you're going to let your, one of your daughters, so it'd be me or Kate, so you'd probably pick me. We're going to let <laughs> one of your daughters walk in this, this field. And there are a, 
a hundred chances in that field that she takes a step no, and the lights go on Well, the lights go on and there's a million dollar prize. But there's one place if she steps that she's gone. That she'll die. She'll fall in Yeah. And you would, you would never let one of your children walk in that it's way. It's not worth that. Right. Because the risk is too high. Mm-hmm. We, we did start that and I'm not going to go into all of it, but we talked about, uh, risk that people calculate in order to do business and have venture capital and insurance and, and they calculate all these risks mm-hmm. ahead of time so they can make wise decisions. And what you and Kate and Livy were talking about as business women were your information to make predictions with is only as good as what you know in the beginning. Like you have to be able to assess risk. And what we know in the beginning of this story is that God has already set up the principle that this is not what the king should do. The king should make his alliances with God first and with who God brings into his company second. So they already know that if you do this, you pretty well know what your result's going to be. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be blessed. Mm -hmm. And if you decide that you've got a better way to do it, (coughs) you are taking an enormous risk, not just with you, just with your children, with your children, your family, your friends, and like everybody. Even if you, as an adult, people listening to me, would walk into that field and take a chance on stepping on one of those hundred places that you can get a million dollars, you'd never let your child do it. You'd never take a risk on that. But unfortunately, that's where the risk lies mm-hmm. in our compromised life as a Christian. When we compromise, and it, the risk is not just to us. And it's one more case of the Word of God matters. And it's, I know it's we, how you predict the future. We it's how you say all that. We say that all the time. We say that in Sunday school. We say that in church. We say that all the time. And somehow that just kind of glides over people's heads. But if you don't know what God has said is right or wrong, how can you make good judgments? How right. can you make good alliances? How can you do anything if you don't know what God said? So you have to either be willingly ignorant or you have to not care to just go off and do without consulting the foundation. How do you, how, here is the actuarial right here. Here's the stuff that tells you how to know what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing. And it's too hard, and sometimes it's vague, and sometimes it's not what we want to hear, and sometimes, and I'm guilty of that, sometimes it's not what I want to hear. That's not the way I wanted this to go. That's not the way I thought things would happen, but they happened. And now how am I going to go forward? That's not always easy. So, sorry, we had to do that very long introduction because we talked about all that <laughs> yesterday and we really got blessed by that yesterday. Yeah. So now we are in first, or sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 21. We're going to start at verse 1. And stop me if you want to stop me, wherever you want to stop, okay? Okay. It says, Now Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And that's an honor for him to be buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. And he had brethren, the sons of Jehoshaphat. So Jehoram has brothers, Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azariah, and Michael. And I thought to myself, and Shephaniah. And I thought that's odd that they would have two sons with the same name. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter because they don't last very long. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. And if you remember, we didn't say it again today, but yesterday we talked about how Jehoshaphat sent those sons to different places in the kingdom so they wouldn't all be in one place so that if the enemy would come in, he couldn't just go kill out the sons, right? He cared about his sons. He cared about his family. 
And you're gonna the next verse tells you that he takes everything that God's blessed him with and divides it evenly among mm-hmm. his sons. He, he treats does. them all with great benefit and honor. And verse three says, And their father, which is Jehoshaphat, gave them great gifts of silver and of gold, and of precious things with fenced cities in Judah. But the kingdom gave he to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. So they all had a share. They all got a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. They had their own setup. They were all over the place, right? And then their father dies. And that's usually when the trouble starts, if somebody happens. Mm-hmm. Verse 4, went now when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with a sword and divers also of the princes of Israel. I, I just don't, that starts the, that starts the way this cha- the next two chapters seem so to this, go. So this wicked son kills all the other sons. That's the first thing he does on his dad's death is, is he makes himself he stronger than they are and then he kills all his brethren mm-hmm. in order that there's no threat to his throne. Of course, and there watch. wasn't already. But. And he was, and it says, verse 5, Jehoram was 30 and 2 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 8 years in Jerusalem. 32 years old and he's killing everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel like as did the house of Ahab for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. And I think, I think, yeah. It, so I'm not the one blaming this on this unholy no. alliance. The Bible does. The Bible says. He walked like Ahab because he was in the household of Ahab. Mm-hmm. He adopted their ways instead of the ways of his father. And, and. Doesn't that happen? That happens a lot. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. And he's responsible. But just, I want you to think about how the difference between the way. Before the corruption comes, later on in this book, the way that Jehovah God teaches his people to value children and the way the Phoenician gods of Baal taught them to feel about their children. So when he marries this young lady, their God asks them, requires of them to offer sacrifices of their children, of their firstborn. They, they offered their children in burnt offerings. Of their firstborn. So if it, if Jehoram had been born mm-hmm. under Ahab, he'd have been dead probably right. by now. That's how children were valued. They were not valued. And and in our, our God's economy, the way he runs his world, he said they're a heritage. They are your blessing. Blessed are those whose quiver are full, full of, of the children. I mean, the way they treat and the way this king treated his children, I'm not just going to bless one of them more than I'm going to bless them all. I'm going to divide it among all of them. I'll let the oldest be king, but I want them to all be prosperous and well taken care of and afforded. And just think about the difference in the way you value family. How you, Just the difference in that. When you compromise to be around this culture that is an enemy to God, the first value to drop is the way they value women and children. And that's not uncommon. If you look at the cycle of apostasy in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. you'll watch that when you see how they treat women and children, you, see you can are. measure how far the nation has gone away from God and mm-hmm. into idol worship. Because Satan doesn't value your family, and he doesn't value your children. He doesn't care about mm-hmm. their condition and what happens to them. It's his, it, it gives him joy to destroy you because it hurts the heart of God, right? But mm-hmm. the, the closer we move to God, the more we cherish and value and love mm-hmm. the children, our children mm-hmm. and our families, and our focus is on that being really important, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that is a value that our God shares and that these gods of the world do not. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Not to belabor the point, but, but it's there's a an very, immediate That's shift. a very big point because if you think about, you know, there are things 
there are, and all of that has consequences. I mean, all of everything that you said about how you value your children has consequences. Mm -hmm. If you're, if they are the least important thing you think about, you're always thinking about yourself. Look at our society. We don't value children too much right now. We have a lot of things going on in our society where we're happy to get rid of them. We want to, for convenience's sake. So that's a big pot right there of stuff that whether we like it or not, we're going to have to answer for as a whole. Unintentional consequences. And it affects everybody. Even if I'm not the one who did this thing, it's going to affect me in the long run. Verse 7, Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David, and as he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. So God's already calling back to the, the reader's attention. He promised the house of David. David says, I'll make you a house. And God says, no, I'm going to build you a house. And it's going to bring forth the Messiah. That's back earlier chapters. And we, we talked about this before, but there's a level to this promise that we need to understand. That does not mean that Jehoram, who's done these horrible things, is not going to be judged by God. He oh, absolutely is. And, his, and the nation will suffer because of his poor leadership. But the promise of the Messiah is unconditional. No matter who is is on the throne in David's place, God is bringing the king of kings through that line. He promised he would. And you say, well, how could God bring Jesus through a line of wicked and evil men? That he, what choice does he have? There it, it, there's only evil men. I mean, I know by our standard we think you know some are worse and some are better. But the fact that Jesus was carried in Mary's womb is not because, and this is where religion and the Bible diverge, is not because Mary is such a wonderful person. Mm -hmm. It's because Mary represents a wrecked world mm -hmm. and, the, and the sinless Son of God who comes from God the Father Taking himself, perfect. Mm -hmm. It took on the form of a sinful human being. He's not sinful, but he took on the form of Mary out of that line of David. And, and he is the promised one to make it all better and redeem it. I mean, it, this promise doesn't change because the king is evil and wicked and, and he will be again in this line that comes although, to Jesus. Although Satan tries and although... But consequences are consequences. And have you noticed, though, here's something else that's always kind of in the back of my brain. We always talk about God's, God's never changing. God is the same <laughs> yesterday, today, and forever. And if you think about it, Mankind never changes either. Mm -mm. Our wickedness never changes. We have to we have to submit ourselves to God to make a difference because we all have the potential for these wickedness things. And the scripture, if it wanted to paint the picture that most people would follow, it would never tell you the wicked stuff. But it tells you the good and the bad and the ugly. So because that's the point of the whole thing. So so consequences. So and consequences, that's and that's what happens in verse eight. In the day, in his days, the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah and made themselves a king. In other words, they had been fine until this. Now they're going all have, the territory that Jehoshaphat had taken, mm -hmm. all the ground that God had blessed him with, that made his enemies uh, respect him and honor him and be at peace with him. All the treasure that he brought into the kingdom, we're about to see that just wiped away, banished by his son's evil doing. So the first thing you know go wrong live. is it the chair like it's it's on. Okay. 
Um, then it says, verse 9, Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and his chariots with him, and he rose up by night and smote the Edomites which compassed him in, and the captains of the chariots. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. So it didn't just stop unto this day, it says, which is the time of the chronicler. Um, that same time also did Libna revolt from under his hand because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. So there's two groups, right? Moreover, he made high places in the mountains of his Judah just and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication and compelled Judah thereto. And that's the verse that, okay, so when God sends fierce judgment on this king for his evil that he commits, he also punishes the people. And you think, well, it's not their fault, but yes, it is. Because when he reestablished this, these groves and these places to worship idols, the people went out and mm -hmm. worshiped idols. Mm -hmm. They turned mm -hmm. from where they had been in relationship. Not everybody, obviously. God always has a remnant of people who stay faithful to him. We're going to see one of them in a minute. Mm -hmm. But God always has that. But the nation turns its back away from God as well. They follow their king and their mm -hmm. leadership. So when judgment comes... It comes on all of them, mm -hmm. right? And and we don't like that very well to think about that, but that that is the consequence. So not only does he have unintentional consequences so far on his brothers, mm -hmm. there are unintentional consequences on his neighbors and the and the peace in it, in his land. There is also on innocent people that just live in this this country mm -hmm. and all around him. Mm -hmm. And verse twelve. And there came a writing to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, Because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but has walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and has made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a-whoring like unto the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and also hast slain thy brethren of thy father's house, which were better than you. <laughs> I love that. All right. Which were better than myself. It would have said. been better if any of them had been made. And this, I don't know. There's something about this that it's, it just, here's where I start to get a little, um, um, I don't know what the word is. I'm a wimp. I'm a sissy. Verse 14, because he, and it's very clear, here's why we're having this conversation, because of all mm -hmm. these things that you've done. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite thy people, and thy children, and thy wives, and all thy goods. And thou shalt have great sickness by disease of thy bowels, until thy bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. Yeah. <laughs> That's just... So question, query, <laughs> what is Elijah doing there? This isn't Elijah's country. Mm -mm. Elijah is in up the in the north, and he's, he's the one who stands up to Ahab and Jezebel. He's the one who has the great battle between the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, and God sends answers by fire. He's the one who is, is the, through the time of, of no rain for three years as God's punishment, he's the one who miracles happen through the women mm -hmm. that he stops to see, right? The mm -hmm. oil and the cakes and the... Elijah is the prophet of the north, so what's he doing in the south? Well, evidently, he, they need he's, a missionary. He's not in the south. He wrote, said a letter. He, there came a writing to him. Okay. His influence, though, has come to the southern kingdom. This is Elijah's. What does that tell you? That tells you that the evil, just a few chapters ago, we mm -hmm. talked about his dad, 
Jehoram's dad, sending Levites, sending teachers, educating his people. Mm -hmm. The whole nation is in a state of revival. Now it's mm -hmm. been years. But they're all on this path to the Lord. And all these people from the northern kingdom come flooding into the southern because kingdom to serve God in the right to way. stay the right way. Mm -hmm. They're following the right way. But now even in the northern kingdom where there's very little contact, the news of how evil the southern kingdom has become has reached Elijah. Mm -hmm. The prophet in Elijah, who had been who had been combating on the sake of for the sake of God, King Ahab and Jezebel mm -hmm. now has to write a letter to, to David's kid and mm -hmm. say, "What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Because you've done this, this is the judgment of God on you. This is what's you, you're doing worse than they did in the north. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's going on with you? Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. instead of his dad's effort to bring the nations together." In a way, they're brought he, together. He really they're brought together in evil. He does every. He undoes everything that his father that did. his father stood for. And we see that in the kings as they go. Through. We see that a lot. You meant to bring them back together under God, but instead you brought them back to God, together, aligned against God. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is he, why should King Jehoshaphat have known that? Well, the, when he went out to battle with mm -hmm. Ahab to try to make an alliance mm -hmm. against Syria, he him. almost lost his life. It was by the skin of his teeth that God rescued him out of that situation. Mm -hmm. Right? He almost mm -hmm. felt it then. Mm -hmm. God in his mercy rescued him mm -hmm. and corrected him. But now here we have it again. And we're joined in a way. We're not the same kingdom, but we're joined. But we're joined for evil. Mm -hmm. and Instead of you making them good... And they made you evil. And it almost always works almost that way. Almost always happens and that way. When you think I can change them, I can fix it. They can, I'll be a good input. Because what you forget is we're born with the sin nature. We're born with the tendency to be an enemy to God. Mm -hmm. You know, all people that are believers and love God with all their heart, you still are carrying around a flesh mm -hmm. that wants to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's easier for me to fall than it is for me to pull someone out of the pit that doesn't want to come. Take with them. Right? Yeah. That doesn't want to go with me. But now, so, but what you said earlier about the consequences, look at the consequences in, in 14. Because in 13, because you did all these things, a great plague will smite your people. Mm -hmm. There's people there who have done nothing. Interestingly enough, that the bowels literally coming out of your body, mm -hmm. this is a, a common symptom of the plague. Mm -hmm. The plague, like the plague. we talk about, mm -hmm. bubonic plague. This, this is something that would happen. They would turn black in mm -hmm. their bowels. Would erupt. And this is a horrible, painful, painful embarrassing, smelly this is bad. thing this would be. But what's it a picture of? Sin. <laughs> it's a. It, it, it's so tiny. You know how you know how you get the plague. You get the plague by getting bitten by a flea. <laughs> it it is a bacteria. It is it's so tiny, mm -hmm. right? That like mm -hmm. you can't even see it without a microscope. And, you don't and, know it's there. And, and when you say that, and you and we go, oh, that doesn't make sense. Think about right now. All the people who have these tick diseases because ticks have bitten them somewhere sometime. Mm -hmm. I, I just had treatment for that. Other people have had treatment. Other people have alpha gal from that. I mean, we have. And the point of that being out of such a small thing. little thing that you don't even think about. What a horrible consequence! Mm -hmm. When God says, "Don't be unequal, unequally yoked," He's he serious. means that. And because it uh, seems to me, us like a small and manageable so, thing. So wait a minute. Let me and back it's up. Not. I'm not saying that tick disease is a plague. I'm just no, saying no, no. to compare the fact that a very small insect a very small can cause so much grief. Yeah. And But it's not just him or his wife. It's his people. Verse 14, a great plague will smite your people mm -hmm. and your children and your wives 
and your goods. I guess all the wealth. Everything that you've accumulated that you got rid of because, you know, you wanted to be it all. Mm -hmm. It's all going to go away. And then you personally Mm -hmm. are going to have this disease where you're... This is how you're going to die. Yeah. Now Now you're Jehoram, what do you do? Well... I think I would turn to the Lord real quick. But. That's what that's what he should have done right there. Hezekiah did it. He yes, and he, he was in the same sinful situation. No, but he but, did. But other kings have said, "Oh Lord, I realize." Manasseh did it. Mm-hmm. Manasseh did I it. I realized, it was Lord, that's coming later. But I realized, Lord, and I I repent and I'm so spare my people. David did it when it when when God mm-hmm. sent punishment for his sin. David said, "Lord, turn it away." He stood there on that place, begged for the mercy of God, and God mm-hmm. gave it mm-hmm. and gave him mercy and stopped. The plague. This king, this son of David, this descendant of David, it's not even an option on his radar, but he could have done it right here. He could have asked the Lord's mercy. Mm -hmm. He could have repented. That's the reason he's got the letter. Mm -hmm. That's the God's grace is the letter. Actually, God's grace is the plague. To save as many as possible, sometimes there are drastic actions taken, but they're taken in order because this world is a blip and eternity is forever. And this king has an opportunity to turn. He has all the instructions he needs to, to figure what out to what turning would mean and, he's and what that would benefit. He's guilty of, course of all these things, yep. but God still gives him an opportunity to say. But what Solomon say? If you get in that, he talked about disease. Mm-hmm. You get in these situations where you've, you've you betrayed God and the judgment comes. Look toward Jerusalem. Turn to this temple mm-hmm. and pray and ask for God's grace. And he and said, understand. I will hear from heaven. And I will heal my people. I will listen to what they have to say. He's got the greatest promises. So do we. He, he realizes that he's compromised. But and he his compromise has caused death to enter in. Because, see, sin always sin leads to death. Mm-hmm. Sin always separates. And it always has way more consequences than we think. Mm-hmm. And you have this opportunity to say, wait. Stop. Now, Stop. Our New Testament New Testament people... The blood of Christ, right, covers mm-hmm. my sin. Mm-hmm. Please take away my sin. God is faithful and just to do so. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that this man is a believer, but you get, you get what not, I'm saying? But he he has the been. opportunity. You know he knows. By the about grace the of God, God to of, seek his mercy. He knows about great grandfather Solomon's of temple. He, does. he knows about David. He knows this stuff. Of course. Jehoram you know how was I know? Jehoram they taught the whole that. nation. Mm-hmm. They taught the whole nation. Mm-hmm. And they made sure that they knew. But there's not a mention anywhere where he even considers getting rid of Baal and going back to Jehovah Can God. Can I just say, the power and influence of that woman. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. It's still his, his responsibility. Mm-hmm. But the power and influence of that woman over this king to change everything. She does. She must have been something. But watch this. You know, and I've seen it over the years, you have seen, and I hate to say this because I say it all the time and everybody knows that I say it. I have seen good men with good wives, mediocre guys, just normal good old boy guys, and they've got a good wife, and they rise in authority and uh, power. People like them, and they're well-respected. And I have seen great guys who are very smart and very intelligent yoke up to a wicked woman, conniving, backbiting, gossipy, uh, stirring up trouble all the time, pointing out flaws all the time, and ruin that guy. Divisive. So it's not, it's, you can't blame her completely. He's, he's his not. own man. But What an influence. But she does have an influence on that that he never mm-hmm. even considers. There's no mention anywhere where he considers even 
turning to God, Jehovah. He just doesn't. Verse 16 says, Moreover, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and of the Arabians and that were near the that were near the yeah. They were near, they waxed mightily. They yes, were they near did. the Ethiopians. Remember, we, we just we defeated had, all these guys. Mm-hmm, the million we just men. defeated all mm-hmm, these guys. Mm-hmm. They're back. They're back. And he stirred them up. The Lord stirred them up he as does punishment stir- for what he But it's done. also like saying, okay, you reject my help, and you mm-hmm. reject my care, and you reject my ways. Mm-hmm. Try it on your own. See how you stand up to these enemies on your own strength. Which is what you're you're saying you want to do. And isn't that funny? Because that's what we say. When we decide to do something, and, and it's called presumptuous sin. David said, keep mm-hmm. me from that. Where we say, I know that's not right. That's kind of not what you said. But I think I can handle it. I'll do it anyway. Right here. This is what you get. And they came, verse 17, up into Judah and break into it and carried away all the substance that was found in the king's house and his sons also, and his wives, so that there was never a son left him, save Jehoahaz, the youngest of his sons. And after all this, the Lord smote him in his bowels with an incurable disease. Still doesn't call. You know that's painful. You know he's got, you know it's an awful thing. Well, we know that from history. It's a horrible thing. And it came to pass that in the process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness, so he died of a sore disease. Diseases. And, diseases, sorry. Of sore diseases, sorry. And his people made no burning for him like the burning of his father. He dies. 30. Imagine how angry your people are at you because you brought this sin into the kingdom. Imagine, like his father has this great honor. When mm-hmm. he's buried, they, they father, worship father, God, father. and there's much honor, much respect, much. The burning they're talking about is sacrifices to God, thanksgiving for who this king was, the great burning that his father had. Mm-hmm. But when he dies, they don't do anything. He's, he's full of disease. Not only is yeah. he, he can't be buried where people are. He, he's he, got to he be buried is, somewhere else. He's just put over here to the side, no honor. No memorial. But listen, All you did was cause our nation but listen pain. How, listen how the Bible puts it. It's interesting how it said. Listen to the words. Mm-hmm. It says, 30 and, two years old, 30 and two years old was he when he began to reign. He reigned in Jerusalem eight years and departed without, without being, being desired. Howbeit they burned him. They were glad he was dead. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the sepulcher of the kings. Yeah, because they, they, no honor. No, no, they're glad he's dead. Yeah, the nation is glad he's dead because all they've done is suffer under his rule. You think eight years is not that long? Eight years is a long time to suffer with plague. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to have your mm-hmm. people die. Yes, and to, to have them die in such a horrible manner. The the consequences of his sin were so great that no one mourned him. They're mm-hmm. glad he's gone. And I, that's, and then worse is coming. Yes, yeah, worse is coming. Yeah, I, I, it makes me sad. So these two chapters, I think I'm too much of a wimp for these two chapters because they're rough. Do you think we have about ten minutes? Do you think we have time to read it and talk about it, or do you want to? Well, what uh, save it for the end? It's up to you. It doesn't matter to me, but we can we do it how you would like to. Well, I don't. I'm not sure. I think there's lessons in each of, in each of these chapters. So let's let's see where we go. 
Okay. So, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, his youngest son, king in his stead. And you got to watch that because the king's names, they call them, it's like different things, but it's the same person. His name is Jehoahaz in the book of Kings. Mm -hmm. So he has more than one name, thankfully. So he's, well, he needed a spare because all the rest of them died. (laughs) He needed two Ahaziahs. Sorry. He he becomes Jehoahaz. He (laughs) says, okay, don't call me him. He's dead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Forty-two years old was he when he heaven began heaven. to reign. I know it's not funny. I, know. I shouldn't be laughing. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. Yeah, you he won't also, be naming any grandchildren after her. No, we won't. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. Therefore, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for they woman. were his counselors <laughs> after the death of his father. His mother is not stopped to his destruction. All right. Mm-hmm. And here she goes. This is what this lady does, who's the daughter of Ahab. He walked also after their counsel and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to war against Hazel, king of Syria, at Ramoth Gilead, and the Syrians smote Joram. And he returned to be healed in Jezreel because of the wounds which were given him when he fought with Hazael, king of Syria. And Ahaz, Azariah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Jehoram, Jehoram, the son of Ahab, at Jezreel. He says no because he was sick. Wait, do you see that? This is a little confusing. Do you see that? The, Jehoram is the king of the northern kingdom, yes. who is Ahab's son. And Jehoram was the king that just died in yes. Jerusalem. So you need, well, not only are there two Ahaziahs, there's two Jehorams. Yes. So now Jehoram over here in the south, son, is in league with Jehoram from the north, who is Ahab and Jezebel's which is, which son. Is why? Because guess what? It's a family alliance. Mm-hmm. They have the same name because they're named after the same abominable person, person family thing. line. Mm-hmm. They're named after the same thing. So in other words, we're putting the country back together. We're bringing the band all back together, but we're bringing them under bail. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we're not going to We've got stop. someone by the same name on this We just saw my father, that they should be saying, we just saw him die. And instead of repentance, disease, let's double down. Let's double down because right. we're not going to put up with this. Right? We're going to mm-hmm. fight God. We're just going to fight him all together. Yeah. And this is why a lot of people, just as a side note, this is why a lot of people right here in Kings and Chronicles get confused and stop reading. Because the names get thick. The things get crazy. They're intermingled. It's talking about Israel, and that's the true. northern kingdom, and the southern kingdom, and you just have to keep carefully. them straight. But this verse 5 is telling you that we're at the point now, not only are our enemies surrounding us at the gates, not only are they rebelling mm-hmm. against our authority and and reestablishing their own kingdom so there's no honor, there's no safety in the southern kingdom or the northern kingdom, but now we're going to go actually into war again against the Syrians, mm-hmm. who we've already defeated, but we're going to have to do it again mm-hmm. because we went away from the Lord. And when they go to battle together, the son of Jehoram in the south and Jehoram, whatever you want to call him right, in the north, when they go together, the king is wounded. Mm-hmm. And this is not new. This is what happened to Grandpa mm-hmm. when he went to battle yep. with King Ahab. He's wounded. And and, and am I going to be okay? Right? And he gets healed, right? It, how's this going to be? And Ahab ends up dying. This is From the it. son of mm-hmm. Ahab that's ruling now. So mm-hmm. just I'm just trying to clear that all up. And verse 7 says, And the destruction of Ahaziah was of God. By coming to Joram, for when he was come, he went but out. where is he? He's, he's not even home. So he's wounded mm-hmm. in this battle, and he... 
goes to the city called Jezreel that's in the northern kingdom. And he, what he's doing there is hiding out. Like mm-hmm. he not there's no king sitting on the throne. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a king who belongs on the throne of the line of David. But he's cowering in a corner in Jezreel mm-hmm. trying to hide out. Mm-hmm. But not for long because there's a man of God named Jehu. And here he comes, verse 8. Yeah. And it came to pass that when Jehu was executing judgment upon the house of Ahab and found the princes of Judah and the sons of the brethren of Ahaziah that ministered to Ahaziah, he slew them. Mm -hmm. And he sought Ahaziah and they caught him for he was hid in Samaria and brought him to, to Jehu. And when he had slain him, they buried him because, said they, he is the son of Jehoshaphat who sought the Lord with all his heart. So the house of Ahaziah had no power to keep still the kingdom. So who is this man, Jehu? Well, if you read in Kings, you'll find out he also had something to do with getting rid of Ahab and Jezebel. Correct. He's involved in that. He's the one that throws her off the top of the tower. And the dogs eat and, her. And, mm-hmm. and all, we're not going into all that. See, but Jehu is what? a man called of God to set things right. And boy, he's like God's assassin. He is. That's he what he is. He's him. not necessarily yep. a prophet or preacher. He is a rectifier and of bad situations. he is doing situation. what's supposed to be. And it says it's and of he, God. He, when, he, when, it's, when it's Jezebel that's coming to her end, judged by God, he calls up says, are there any men in that tower? Because if there's any men in that tower, throw her down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, like, what I mean, that's what he said. Where are the men that are going to stand up and set things right? That's what Jay. That's the that's, yell that's of Jehu. Jehu. Mm-hmm. Where are the men? And then you have this happen. This this man who's supposed to be king, supposed to be valiant, and rule He's the hiding. mighty nation of the south, cowering in a corner. And Jay's again. Where Where's are the men? men? Mm-hmm. Right. And and what we have then is an empty throne. Mm-hmm. So it, what it says is but, the southern kingdom is not able to even rule itself for a minute because of the sin and the chaos and the consequences brought into the kingdom by departing from God and turning to Baal worship. And if you think they can't even take care of their nation, it's getting ready to take an even worse turn. So what are we going to do? We don't have any men ruling. But then here it is verse 10. But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah saw that her son was dead, what does she do? She grieves. She mourned. Nope. It says she, she sees arose an opportunity. Again, and destroyed all the seed royal who is this of the house of Judah. She is This Ahab's person daughter. is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. And she says, I have an opportunity to rule. And the she seven. slaughters her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. She, she, her, again, how do you view your, how do you view your family? Where's your value? If I get all these little boys out of the way, then I can have rule for myself. And I, and I can be as powerful as Queen Jezebel, who ruled in the north. Mm-hmm. Ahab was My king, mother. but she was in charge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now, look who we have on the throne. Mm-hmm. What an evil, evil, evil woman. She destroyed all that. the seed royal Not of all the of house them. of Judah. But because if she had, there she goes would've... the line of David. There goes the line of Christ. Absolutely. And then verse 11. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Azariah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were slain and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoshabeth, the daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada, the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah so that she slew him not. And he was with them, hid in the house of God, six years, and Athaliah, reigned over the land. So for six years, a woman who killed all of her grandchildren, who is the daughter of Jezebel and Ahab, who is completely a priestess of Baal, she's she's fully into this false religion, reigns on the throne of David. 
Think about the that darkness of that harder. period. You, it, it's like it makes you think it's worse than it's the Lion King. This is stars in charge. It's worse. Yes. It's worse than that. I don't know how to make it any worse. All I have is Disney references. I don't watch really dark movies. But here's the worst thing that could ever happen: is this woman on the throne, and she doesn't know that one of her grandchildren is hidden and alive because of the the valiance of the sister of the king. He's hidden away and taken care of and hidden for six years. So you just think God is doing his will. He's protecting his remnant. He's protecting that line that's going to get us to Christ. But meanwhile, look how dark it is in Judah. And Jehoshabeth, when you think about her, a lot of people don't think about her name being a great woman of Israel. She is. Judah, she, she absolutely is. is. Used of God. And it's just a little chapter here, but or not even a chapter. It's just a little few sentences here about her name. But what she does... Think about the gray heads. Mm -hmm. Think about the old men and women in Jerusalem and in Judah who know that Messiah comes from this line, mm -hmm. that know the promise so what are you is to do? this You're line. Cut off and everything. you don't know he's hidden. And you don't know he's hidden either. You, that, don't, right. you don't know he's hidden. Mm -hmm. you, you, all you know is, that she is the worst everybody. thing you can ever imagine has just happened in your nation. Mm -hmm. And as far as you know, there's no hope. And and I'm sure they're looking right? to see. As far as you David know, does David have any other children? Is there any other somebody? Somebody else's? Can you imagine? It's a, it'd be a lot like the feeling that they had when he was taken down from the cross and he was put in a borrowed tomb, mm -hmm. and you didn't know yet about the resurrection. Mm -hmm. You, you didn't believe it. You knew how he said it, gone? but how is that going to happen? You'd have thought that's the end. He was the promised one. We thought he was God's son. We thought he was the Messiah. You, the the thought would have been it's over. Mm -hmm. But it's Satan's won, but it's not but over. It's not over. It's and that's not why over. these kings and these, their stories and their examples, their models that bring us to Christ are worth studying mm -hmm. because you can imagine the despair and the terror. What do you do when the entire world falls apart and everything you expected God to do, it looks like he's not doing. But he is. But he is. But he absolutely is. And the Bible says those who put their trust in him shall not be ashamed. And they're not going to be. And his word and so is So what true. do you do for those six years? If you're the faithful, if you're the remnant in Jerusalem, what do you do? Can't you imagine all the prayers to God and all the help us? Because they don't, don't see the do. answer. They don't know they the answer. They can't see the answer. It's hidden. Mm -hmm. But God's not done. God's not done. And I think we'll just leave it there. How okay. about that? We'll leave yep. it. We have a cliffhanger. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> So that's where we'll leave this one for today. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for putting up with our craziness of our uh, systems. But I think we're getting it. We're starting to get there. Livy, thanks to Livy June, who is amazing. She is. My daughter is one amazing chick. She is, for a fact. Um, join us next week, Lord willing. We'll pick it up and we'll find out that there is a good ending here. Right? Even when you can't see it, God's got a good, really good plan. He keeps his promises. <laughs> That's the theme. He mm -hmm. keeps his promises. And even though they can't see it, we couldn't see it, nobody could see it at this point. He's not forgotten. My, my whole point, we'll talk about it next week. My whole point is, what do you do for six years? Mm -hmm. Do you throw it all away and say, well, I may as well join in because it, it, they ruined it? Or do you hold on to God despite what you can see? And that's what they had to and do. And let's go with B. Yeah. <laughs>